another episode of Cookies and Cream. My name is Raymond. And this is Isaac. And today, we're talking about our children. Yep, let's do it. Alright, man. So, first off, we both have kids. You mm-hmm. have two, I have one. One daughter, two boys. Mm-hmm. What was the, if you can, go back to that, that f- first one. Yeah. Um, the first night or how that went, how it was Kathy contractions, all that stuff. If you can go back into that time. So like when our, when our first son was born, um, it was getting close to Kathy's birthday. So her birthday is the 18th. And then my son was born on the 16th. So we were planning, um, like we were planning like what we we're going to do on her birthday that week and everything cuz we thought Grayson was going to come the week after so by the time the the 13th came we thought okay well he's going to come like after after that week so you know we'll plan whatever we have here and then um you're planning the the birthday yeah planning uh, planning her birthday whatever we're going to go out to eat or we'll do whatever i think it was a, a i think it was a tuesday or something like that or a wednesday she started feeling, you know, contractions and, and, you know, just like, hey, I think I think the baby's coming. We went to the hospital and at first they were like, no, you still have time. And then another doctor came to check her like about two or three hours later. And then she was like, no, I think I think you should stay. So then we stayed in the, um, in the room. Yeah, they, they admitted us to a room at that point. You know, we were just getting ready. Um so it was crazy because her doctor couldn't be there that day. We we had a different doctor come in and deliver. So that was a little crazy because, like, we'd never seen this this new doctor. Like, we'd never seen him ever. But, um, I mean, he did a good job. Everything went smooth. Uh, they they thought that my son had aspirated some meconium. Uh, so okay. they put him in the NICU for, for a few hours. And I thought that was crazy because, like, when I – the first time I saw him – like obviously he was delivered, and then we got they put him in the in the warming tent. Um, they didn't let us hold him for like it was like five six hours. Uh, I went to the to the NICU, and I was in the room, and he's in that warmer, and so I'm just right there next to him. I'm like you know holding his hand and touching his hand, and he's crying and like just you know you know just how newborns newborns when they come out like they how they act. So that was crazy. That was like the moment where I was like, like this is real, you know, like this is, yeah, like, happening. this is happening. You know, I thought I was gonna be prepared for it. I thought, you know, like ah, this will be all right. You know, I got it. But like kids are. Wait, so you you thought you were you were ready? I didn't. Not that I was ready because I don't think you could ever be ready. Uh huh. But I didn't feel like. Oh man. You didn't feel like pressure. Yeah, like didn't... I I felt pressure. Like obviously, like you're, it's your first kid, you know. Uh-huh. But I didn't feel the type of pressure where like, man, I don't know if I could do this or like, man, like I, I wish, you know, like I got to take this baby home. I wish there was like somebody to come help me. And like, I didn't feel that type of pressure because I wanted kids. Like I had wanted kids, you know, from, from the start. So it wasn't that pressure of, man, I don't know if I could do this. It was more of a pressure of like, okay, now someone is depending on me someone else you know yeah. like like it's my like, wife like but time, yeah. yeah now this little human that can't do anything for himself is depending on me so that was the type of pressure that i felt and at that moment i was like oh shoot like it's 
it's real you know it's 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 happening like he's here and now it's time to like go forward you know it's and almost like a like a switch i i can't i can't argue against that because when your baby's born there's like a switch that goes off that's like man i need to love this kid now yeah it's like when you yeah. realize there's there's i don't it's in it's it's something you can't explain really it's really hard to explain i guess but there's that i don't know intangible feeling of man now now I have a kid like yeah. man that's that's mine or not mine but i have to take care of this person yeah raise them up i know what you mean yeah it was it was crazy like just that feeling of you know now like i said like this baby everything this baby needs to survive is on you now you know this this little baby can't do anything for himself like you have to do everything you and your wife it's all up to you now so it, just that pressure was 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 crazy and um you know i thought you know when i was growing up i was like yeah you know i love kids you know uh, i love kids um i never had a problem with kids little kids older kids whatever but um you know just being around kids being you know just interacting with kids like i always wanted to have my own and I remember the first moment where I was like, man, this is not going to be that easy was because uh, we, the lady, the nurse came in and she had us, she had me change, change my son. And so I changed him and everything. I think it did a great job. And then she comes back in and she's like, the diaper's backwards. So <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot, like, this is going to be yeah, rough, gonna, you know, yeah, it's going to be a learning experience. So from that moment on, I was like, OK, well, obviously, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about raising a kid. So from then on, I was, like, coming at it from a point of, you know, I just need to learn and just, like, I'm probably going to make mistakes, but I just got to learn how to how to do this, you know? Yeah, so that was with, with Grayson. Yeah. Right? And then now with Landon, your second son, was there different circumstances then? How, how, did, how did that birth play out? You know, with Landon, it was different because... With Landon, which is my second son, my wife was going through having her brain tumor. Uh huh. So it was it was almost like, like this is probably gonna sound bad, but with Landon, when he was being like the last tail end of of him being delivered and everything, like it was almost kind of like he was on the back burner because we were we were worried about delivering him and then going to surgery. Like, my wife was going to go to surgery. Like Oh, so right after he was born, yeah. she was going right into Yeah, surgery. she was going right into brain surgery. So we, up to up to his him being delivered, we got the okay from her OB to be induced early. Okay, so she was induced. Yeah, so she was induced early. Um, so we got the okay. And then, like, I think it was, like, two or three weeks after we went to Phoenix to get the surgery. So Landon was kind of on the back burner only because of that. So we had to um we had to balance out like okay, we're going to have a kid, but right after we have my second son, we have to go almost immediately drive to Phoenix and go get this surgery. So for the first month and a half of Landon, it was mainly me worrying about my wife because she just had brain surgery, she was recovering. You know, there were certain things that she couldn't do. So I had to worry about my wife. So I leaned a lot on, you know, her mom uh, and my mom. You know, her mom and my mom came and they were helping to, you know, helping me with my son. 
for the first like month and a half. And then after that, it was more of like, okay, now let's, you know. But at the same time, we had already been through it with Grayson. Grayson was like a year and a half. Um, so he, we had already done the diapers and, and the formula and the milk and all that stuff. So we, like I already kind of knew. It wasn't like I was learning all over again. So yeah. that was easier. I think if, it, if, if those circumstances would have been on my first son, that would have been way harder. You know, because then you're brand new brand new baby you have no idea what's going on and you're dealing with something else yeah. so it was easier that it happened with landon and not with my first grayson yeah so. with your first first son i remember we were in denver when when mercy gave birth but she had a she had to give give birth early as well two mm-hmm. weeks early her placenta was not i guess feeding mm-hmm. our daughter enough so they said we could probably she would probably get more nutrition if she comes out than right. if she stays in. So they're gonna induce her. And I remember on the last ultrasound, I think it was a week before driving back home, and Marissa was like, "I I don't know if I'm ready for this." Yeah, like she was more concerned. I I honestly, I don't know. I didn't really not that I didn't care, but I was I guess ready for it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was I was more prepared, saying you know everything will work out. But my wife, of course was like, I don't know if I'm ready for a kid. I feel like it's too early. Yeah. She was like, she used to having some mind battles. And so I remember her saying that, I don't know if I'm ready. I just tell her, look, it's going to be okay. We'll be fine. Everything will work out. Yeah. You're, you're, we're, we're ready. There's like a week away. Yeah. You'll give birth. That um, Maribel, her mom flew in gonna help her through that week and i remember we went to then the night she got induced we drove to um jason's deli mm-hmm. we ate at jason's deli we went off to the hospital rose medical center in denver we got up to the room they got her all checked in and stuff um they had the bed we stepped there they induced her overnight she was there and then um, the following morning is when she started, I guess, the contractions got worse and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she got the, um, not a spinal tap. <sighs> What's the thing called? Were they? Um, the epidural? Epidural. She mm-hmm. got the epidural. And then right then, I think that relaxed her enough where yeah. where her where she gave birth and stuff. And our daughter was on the on the smaller side. She was two weeks early, and then I mean, we're both not very big people, so she, the, she was on the cusp of them keeping her. Yeah. To make sure that she gained enough weight so that we she could come home, but she uh, was able to hold the weight that she was supposed to for us to take take her home. Mm-hmm. And you know how you said that you were there watching. Grayson through the or like touching his hand and stuff. Yeah. Um, for me, the part that didn't hit is till we got home. Yeah. Yeah, driving home, and Kaylee starts crying. Not that she's hungry, she's just crying. My wife is tired, mm-hmm. so then I have to pick, I have to pick Kaylee up, and I'm holding her, and she stops crying. She, I just have her on my shoulder and stuff, and that was when it hit me. I'm like. And this this little girl, like I yeah. have to, I have to watch her. I have to take care of her, mm-hmm. hold her, uh, protect her. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. I was like, 
that's when that's when the emotions come out. That's when the feelings come out of you knowing you have a kid to take care of. And that was yeah, that was the the turn on point for for me at least. Yeah. Yeah, that that moment is like it's different for everybody, but I think everyone has that moment. You yeah, know? where you you even you realize. Yeah, you realize mm-hmm. man, I have I have a kid. And most people logically would be like, I need to take care of this kid. I need to provide for them, make sure they're okay, no matter what. Like, yeah, I know people that would do anything mm-hmm. so that their kids can make it through. Yeah. And it's also crazy what, I guess, like the women go through, you know? Like how you were saying, like your wife was, was saying, like, I don't know if I'm ready. Like, yeah. You know? And it's crazy because... Like as a man, you're thinking, well, like there's no other choice. Like, yeah, there's this yeah, there's babies coming else, out yeah, one way or do, another, yeah. you know. So it's almost like, well, like we, it's already here. The, the time's here. Like this baby's coming out one way or another, and um, but women go through a lot. Yeah. Like they go through a lot in pregnancy. Like I, I remember, Marissa gave birth, and right when Katie was born, Marissa started crying. Yeah. And she was, you know, Marissa was trying to hold it back. Like, she didn't want to cry. And the nurse that was there, this was an eye-opener for me. The nurse that was there, she was like, no, no, no. Go ahead and cry. She's yeah. like, it's, mamas can cry. She's mm-hmm. like, it's totally fine. And Marissa let it, she just started crying. And I was like, for me, I was like, oh, man. Like, I <laughs> I didn't cry whatsoever. This is more of like, I'm along for the ride. I'm yeah. Like, like, in yeah. the ride. Yeah. And so, yeah, Marissa started crying and stuff. And I was like, oh. Yeah, like I have, it's to, tough, I have to take care of her. I had to take care of her as well. Yeah, and it's like I was like, yeah, you, I, I was like, yeah, you cry all you want. Yeah, exactly. It's, this is yeah, this is crazy. Just go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women go through a lot, man. Pregnancy is a tough thing, man. Like it's crazy. Like it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's tough. not where they, you know, like in Simba where they lift. Up. Yeah, <laughs> where they yeah. lift them up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy, uh-uh. man. It's tough. Yeah, so shout out to all the women that I guess listen to this podcast. Yeah. If you do, yeah, that's tough. Um, so now, okay, so kids are born and stuff. What's the biggest fear you have of raising a kid in the times we're living in? Like, what what would what would be your number one goal to teach your kids when they get older? My number one goal for my kids. Aside from, you know, the obvious that I hope they stay saved and, and you know, have live righteous lives. Um, besides that, my number one goal is that my kids are able to talk to me. Like, to for them to be able to say, like, hey, Dad, you know, this is going on. You know, what, sh- what should I do? You know, even if, even if, like, I have to be like, hey, well, that's wrong. Like, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to be disciplined. Like... For them to be able to talk to me is is my biggest thing because, you know, I just feel like that communication is is key, but a lot of people don't get it. A lot of parents don't get that communication with their kids because their kids don't don't want to communicate with them either because they think like, ah, oh, well, you don't understand or, well, you're just going to discipline me. Like, I want that communication with my kids to where I can talk to them, they can talk to me. I can give them advice, like, they're they're comfortable, like, hey, dad, this happened, like, you know, what should I do, or, 
you know, I got this situation, you know, just whatever, whatever it is, like, that's my number one goal, is being able to talk to my kids, having an open, open conversation, relationship to where they can feel free no matter what to come to me, and, you know, I can feel free to speak into their lives no matter what. Yeah. Now, you do have sons. Yeah. Do you think that that plays also a role in how they talk to you? Because, I mean, I talk to my dad quite a quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I talk to my mom as well. Yeah. But I think I go more to my dad for certain things than yeah. I would my mom. I wouldn't go that way. And I know for my sister, she goes to my mom for mm-hmm. majority of the stuff than I would think my dad. And also my daughter, I would assume as she got older some of the stuff she wouldn't feel comfortable coming to me with she would go more towards her mom about yeah. certain stuff i don't know if that yeah that also plays a role in how how things how, how that relationship is as you get older yeah i think it does because i think you can relate more like sons to Son, father yeah, yeah yeah you know it's it's more relatable it's it's more of a I can follow and see what you're saying because I know you went through it. Like, it's different if a son's talking to a mother because the problems are different, you know? Mm-hmm. The the issues that come up are way different. Yeah. You know, it's hard for a mother to relate to the problems that her son's going to have because it's not the same as a woman, you know? So, and that's why the the family life is so important. That's why having a mom and a dad is so important because for us, for a, a son you know, to get advice from a dad is way more beneficial than a son to get pure advice from a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, not that not that if you're a single mother it's like Yeah, we're not downplaying yeah, that. No, but we're not there is that 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 dynamic is different. Yeah. yeah, it's different. And obviously if you're a single mother you can, there's different ways you can mitigate that, you know? But for the most part, like it's different. The dyna- dynamic is different. From sons to fathers and daughters to mothers. And just being that example, you know, like just being somebody that your kids can look up to and say, like, I want to be like that, you know, like that's also super important, super key is to be what they want to be how you want them to see, you You know, like I want to be like my dad, you know, it's different when kids look up to their dads because they can follow that direction. Yeah, that example. So, yeah. I can see where you're going with that. I mean, the biggest thing from for my daughter, I just want her to be is in the long run respectable, but mm-hmm. also of course they save, but I want her to be a a good wife to whoever she's going to marry. Yeah. So that aspect as a father as a father figure is knowing how or when to submit under authority to to be able to be okay you're the man of the house i'll follow you what you say but to know also when she has the voice to speak up and yeah. be like i don't think we should do it that way mm-hmm. or i think it should be this way or i think that's not a good idea because i know marissa helps me out quite a bit by her input in my life she does all the things that i'm not good at she does well yeah. So I would want my daughter to be in that same aspect as well to understand. Yeah, I'm under this man growing up, or the leaders around me, or the older women around me. I need to submit to them. But then also, 
not to degrade herself as well, but to know yeah. that she has, I guess, a certain a voice or aspect where she can say, you know, I think this is what's up. This is something we should look at or address or change. And to know that she does have a voice in certain stuff. And I know as a boy or raising a boy, I don't I don't have a boy. Well, not yet. Not yet, but yeah. But in that I mean, aspect, soon. yeah, <laughs> yeah, soon. <laughs> if of a, of a man, when you grow up, to understand, yes, I am the leader, but then there's people around me that also speak influence, and I have to take that advice as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah that's super important because, like, I don't have daughters, but what I've seen from others is like a huge joy in, in having a daughter is her growing up and saying like, I want somebody like my parents, like my mom and my dad, how they love each other, how they interact. And like, that's why I say like, it's just so important to have that family home because the way you act is going to influence your kids. You know, and a lot of people don't realize, like, what you say on a daily basis influences your kids. Like, the other day I was going, I was driving down the, I was driving and some dude cut me off. And I was like, hey, what the heck? And then I can hear Landon in the back and he's like, hey, what the heck? Like, my, <laughs> yeah. like, he's listening, yeah. you know? They're listening nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Like, no matter what, they are listening and they're watching. So just being that example for them is just so important. You yeah. Know? Now, talking about uh, them watching you, seeing what you do, how how does that play into, I guess, how you raise them as far as, like, discipline? Mm-hmm. Uh, telling them certain things about how our culture is now, how people accept different genders or yeah. school, friends. All that is all mixed to it. I, I know they're... They're young now, but of course, coming soon, maybe even starting in kindergarten, first grade, they're already implement implementing things yeah. in your kids' lives. How how are you gonna, or how would you go about bringing that direction? Like, do you think it's wrong to discipline in public? You know what I do. So, you do that, or do you like no? When we get home, <laughs> then I'm gonna do that. You go to the bathroom and do it there yeah how how does that play out so my my approach to discipline is you have to start early like discipline has to be when they start to understand you know when when you say no put that down and then they look at you and they start to put it down and then you look away and then they pick it back up uh-huh. like when they start to understand what no means and what you know, don't do that. Like once they start to understand, you have to form that discipline there. And it's it's so crazy because like when my kids are growing up, like, I mean, they're still little, but in their early, early years, you establish that discipline. And if you do it right, I believe you're not going to have to discipline them. When they get older. When they get older. Like it's going to be few and far between. Like my kids... When they were growing up, like we would we would discipline them and like no, don't do that. And if they did bad, we'd give them a, a spank. And then now, like all I have to tell them is like no, like don't do that. You know that's not right or whatever. I usually only have to tell them once, and they get it. But I think that's because the initial years they knew like okay, like this is the line, and I can't cross it. 
And I think what, what a lot of people do is they, they keep moving that line. That line of you're going to get disciplined after this line. After you cross this line, you're going to get disciplined. That line moves. Yeah. Like they just keep moving it. Like one day it's like, okay, this is your eighth warning. Now you're getting a spanking. Or okay, today this is your first warning and now you're getting a spanking. So the kid never adjusts. He never knows where that line is. Or he or she never knows where that line is. They never know you know, oh, today I can take it to level 10, you know? Like, today, you know, it's, I can go all the way to throw a fit, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, for me, my my parenting style is establish that line early, and then after that, you won't have to mess with it yeah. as much, you yeah. know? And, like, I guess in terms of, like, when they're growing up and they start going to school and stuff... uh there's a, what's that book by Dobson, Bringing Up Boys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in that book, he talks about, um, I think he calls it a, like a testosterone overload or something like that. And he says how if you have, if you have the mom and the dad, and if you're living life right and, and teaching right, like it's very hard for kids to go, you know, astray uh-huh. it's very hard for your boys to go astray in terms of like sexuality and, and their gender and stuff like that because they're gonna see you and there's just gonna be too much like he explains it like it's just gonna be a massive wave of testosterone that they can't they're not gonna be able to like go another way you know like they're not gonna be able to say like nah like that's not how I wanna be raised you know and that's like i mean it's that's what i like i just keep saying like having the mom and the dad is so important and obviously like we said before if you're a single parent like there's ways you can mitigate that there's ways through the church through leadership through yeah, yeah if you're a you single know? mom and you and you attend our if you go to the church our church yeah there's yeah you're gonna there's see people it. that that can help, like, you know, there's this guy didn't have his dad. Yeah. Menno was able there to help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's different men that can speak. There's a pastor. There's pastors yeah. take under your wing and stuff. Yeah. So but, just having that, having that is an important aspect of, you know, because there's there's a whole bunch of craziness in our world today that are trying to, to, to change our kids, you know? And you being that solid foundation of, no, that's not what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And if your kids see that, like I believe it's it's gonna be ridiculously hard to change your kids. You yeah. Know? And it all, I mean it does also matter how you were raised. Yeah. Like, you know, my mom, she always had the paddle with her. Yeah. Uh, at church people would ask her for the paddle. I don't mm-hmm. know if we got I don't remember getting spanked a lot, but now thinking back, maybe I did because she always had the paddle with her. So your mom should have like rented maybe, it out. Yeah, maybe <laughs> rented made some it. money. See, yeah. I don't I don't know if if we were that bad that she had to carry it every, but she carried it everywhere. Yeah. And so now, uh, of course we carry a paddle with us in our diaper bag. Mm-hmm. And I can say this is when we're at church and my daughter misbehaves, I feel okay taking her to the bathroom or outside where no one's really there. I don't spank her in front of everybody. Yeah. Take her somewhere. Yeah. I don't do the that. The thing either. is harder is when you go into like a restaurant or at a store and she starts, misbehaving because sometimes you feel that pressure of like someone's gonna say something if i take her out and i Mm -hmm. spank her 
in the restroom or something. Yeah. So and then it's hard for my daughter because she doesn't have the mental capacity. She's still little. Yeah, she's too little to understand yeah. I'm being bad right now. So when we get home, yeah. I'm gonna discipline her for that. Yeah, and that's so, the hard part. Yeah, to yeah. that way you're trying to figure that part out. So what we do, uh, I guess to make I guess a discipline or whatever is that whatever she's going for that she wants we take it away if she starts crying then we tell her that's wrong when we get home i'm gonna spank you and she understands what spank means or she understands yeah that she's in trouble so she stops mm-hmm. she's like okay i need to calm down yeah i'm going too far and then when when we're at home or at church i don't put that warning i guess per se yeah, she knows. Immediate. Yeah, I'm gonna take her and I'm gonna spank her right then and there, so that when we're out in public, she understands I'm over, or I'm I'm being bad, I guess. Yeah. And so it's that, it's not, I guess that threat that she does understand there's gonna be something behind it. Mm-hmm. And then when she does get older, I will tell her if she misbehaves outside of public or outside in a public place. When we get home, you're gonna get disciplined for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I. I don't know if you do this, but um, I forgot who told me, but they told me after you spank your kids that you get, you know, like, obviously you're going to get down to their level and you're going to you, tell them, like... You push them away. Yeah. Just like, no, <laughs> get away. Get away from me. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. No. So just, <laughs> you, you get down to their level. And yeah. You disappoint me. I'm so disappointed in you. No, like, you're going to get down to their level and you're going to tell them, like, hey... I spanked you because you did this and that's not right. You know, like yeah. that's, that's bad. And then you tell them, you know, you tell them you love them, you give them a hug and then you go your way, you know? And I think that's so important because it shows like, like, yeah, you were bad, but I'm still here yeah. for you. Yeah, like yeah. I still love you and I'm still, you know, like it's all love. It's not, it's not because I don't, it's not because I don't like you or it's not because like I just, you know, I just want to spank you for no reason yeah. or I'm mad, you know, it's, it's because I love you and it's because you did this and you can't do that no more. And that, that is one thing that I do that, you know, before I heard that, I don't think I ever would have done that. No, I See, I, I, maybe it's cause I have a girl mm-hmm. and I'm a, I'm, I'm a guy. Yeah. So I, I don't, I felt like I had to explain to her. It's not because I hate you. Or, yeah. yeah. It's it's because you're you, you don't act that way or that's not a right thing to do. Yeah. That's I do love you. I care for you. That's why I'm doing this, but yeah, you have to get down to the level and explain to them. She understands. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she knows she knows that she's being bad and that's so why after I spank her, I tell her, "Are you going to behave? Are you going to be okay?" And she says, "Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll be fine." And take her back. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, there's that point where you do have to, I guess, explain to them or yeah. also comfort them. Yeah, exactly. So letting them know, yeah. hey, this isn't all just mm-hmm. I'm beating you. Yeah, exactly. And then there's another point that uh, I guess comes to discipline. Is disciplining for moral reasons or just disciplining because you feel like they're being bad? So I remember talking to a family and they said, you know what? We feel like we disciplined our sons too much and we would spank them because they spilled milk on the on the table or we spanked them because they were coloring on something they were supposed to be coloring on mm-hmm. and that's not a moral i guess you could say that's not a moral issue yeah that's more of just like oh man i spilled the milk oh i 
I left this out or I I touched this when I, you know, yeah. maybe didn't plan on or wasn't thinking about it. And so they spank them for that and they find they they realize maybe I disciplined too much instead of like a moral issue where hey, I told you not to do that. You keep on doing it, so I'm going to spank you for diso- disobeying me. Yeah. Or I'm going to spank you because you're I don't know, doing something morally wrong where it's not you're acting like you're acting bad in front of all these people when you should be be behaving. I told you not to run in church, you're running in church. Um maybe if your parents or if you're older like you have a cell phone or something texting somebody you're not supposed to some kind of social media taking pictures when you're not supposed to. That's what you get disciplined yeah. for. That's a moral issue yeah that you're trying to Correct. Instead mm-hmm. of just always disciplining for, I don't know, for not unmoral things, there has to be that distinct, or at least I believe there's that distinction. You can take discipline too far. Yeah. Where yeah, you can. You're just yeah getting upset for not a moral issue. I guess. Yeah, you gotta like you can't treat your kids like soldiers, like. My oh, don't tell Craig that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every military person that's on this is gonna get. Yeah, Aaron's writing it down in his notepad. I know. Don't, <laughs> don't this is his highlight Craig. right here. Yeah. Don't treat them like don't like soldiers. Like soldiers. <laughs> All right, let's continue. What do you but, mean by that? <laughs> like, what I mean by that is like, you can't like my kids. I let them make mistakes. Okay, like, I let them. Like, if they spill milk, I'm not going to spank them for that because, like, my kids are little. Like, they have little hands. If they, like, accidentally knock over a glass, that's not a, that's not a spanking, you know? I'll, be, I'll get mad at them a little bit. Like, hey, like, don't, like, you got to yeah, be, be careful. careful. Yeah, you know? be you gotta careful. You got to be careful. Yeah, you tell them, but it's yeah. not a, a moral. Yeah. yeah. Or if my kids, like, right on the walls, like, like, Landon's done that before. Like, I'll tell him, like, hey don't do that yeah the f- but and then if if it gets to a point where he keeps doing it okay that's, that's when you different. know yeah that's when it becomes a moral yeah issue but the first or the second time and he does it like i'm not gonna spank him because he's just playing like he's trying to color on the paper and he accidentally colors, colors the wall you know like that's different but if he does it continuously yes like that's a different issue yeah you got to be careful with 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 treating your kids like um, you know, I want you buttoned up. I want you like a hundred percent correct every single time because kids like adults aren't even like that. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like adults make mistakes. Adults like it, it's, it's crazy when, when parents treat their kids like they wouldn't even treat an adult, you know, mm-hmm. like they expect their kids to be a hundred percent buttoned up every single time. And it's like, man, like, adults don't even do that you know mm-hmm. so in a way your kids are like little adults you know your kids are are, are are tiny adults they're growing up just like you i mean obviously it's different because they're kids but you have to balance that with like you know i need to guide you but i'm also gonna make i'm also gonna let you make mistakes because that's how you learn as a person as a human you know so um so I wanted like there's this there's this quote uh it says um uh if you raise your kids you'll be able to spoil your grandchildren. If you spoil your kids you're going to raise your grandchildren. Hmm. And like I think that's a good quote because it just like that's how my dad is now with me. Like my dad 
he spoils my kids. Like my dad, once once I had kids, once I once Grayson came, my dad was totally different. I was like, what the heck? Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, you know? who are you? <laughs> but in a good way, because my dad spoils my kid. My dad spoils my kids, and they love going to my dad, my mom. You know. My mom's mom, my wife's mom, Irene, like they love going with grandma and grandpa, you know, and I think that's just the enjoyment that my parents have is that they don't have to worry about me anymore so they can spoil the heck out of my kids. So that's just I love that quote because it perfect. I think it perfectly sums up how you need to raise your kids is, yes, you raise them, but you're not giving them everything. You're not spoiling them because then if you mess up like you might have to end up raising your grandchildren like but if you raise your kids right it's going to be a blessing when your grandkids come when your kids get older like it's just that blessing where you don't have to raise your kids anymore because you did a good job yeah yeah and it's crazy for me like kaylee loves to go with either one with yeah pastor glenn and maribel or my dad and yeah my mom she wants to be with them Mm -hmm. rather than with us and it's like yeah once you, if you raise your kids right, they'll be able to, or just a blessing, on, you know. Be able to, yeah, a blessing. Well, thank you for listening to Cookies and Cream. My name is Raymond. My name is Isaac. Yeah, good one.